trance. Yeah. And people don't really like to talk about it. Like no one really talks about it. But at the end of the day, trance is a real thing. Yes. And you can go into a trance and essentially communicate is a weird way of saying it because it's not communication in like kind of verbal communication, like human to human communication. Mm. It's just like you're in a place where all the considerations that we have as humans interacting, mm. trying to express ideas, that's mm. it's not that zone yeah. of expressing, articulating the idea in language to you. Yeah. This is all of like telekinetic kind yes. of vibe. It's like yes, like your vibe on a metaphysical like, level. Yeah. One two, one two, one two. Yo, it's the work brunch, and today's guest we got the talented, amazing brethren, Shabaka Hutchins. Hey. Hello. Hi. Good to be here. Yes. Um, yeah. You good? Get down on some eating. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, we're gonna eat. Trust me, we're gonna eat. Yo, Shabaka Hutchins. For those who are not privileged yet enough to know, uh, has a few bands right now. Uh, Shabaka Hutchins and Ancestors. Comet is coming. Okay. Which that album was just nominated as well. Actually, it's not nominated. It's one of the best twelve albums, yeah. British albums of the year, right? Yeah, for the Mercury Prize. Hello, because you get two, right? <laughs> yeah. I know a little something about those. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Sons of Kemet. Yeah. Nice. You have three bands. That's three bands. Is it, is it different people in each one? Um, there's some crossover. So like with Sons of Kemet, mm. it's um, Fionn Cross and Tuba, Seb mm. Rothschild and Tom Skin on drums. Mm. But when Seb or Tom can't do it, mm. and Max Haddock, who plays drums in the comics coming, he plays as one of the two drummers. So okay. there's all this kind of like interchange. Okay. The ancestors, is all ba- they're all based in South Africa. So oh, really? Else, yeah. So I've been going that. there for about last three years, three, four Where years. Whereabouts in South Africa? Um, mainly Cape Town, but whenever I play, it's mainly, with those guys, it's mainly in Johannesburg. Mm. So I spend time in Cape Town and then like for a couple of the days before I go, mm. generally I'd kind of book gigs with the guys and play with them Wait. Um, in Johannesburg. I'm going to Johannesburg in January Okay. for a month. I'm going to visit Cape Town as well. When are you um, coming back? I'm, I'm, I'm there all of January. Because I'm going at the start of February. Don't, don't lie. <laughs> yeah. I'm never, I think I'll come back like the 11th. We're linking, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, t- tell me about it. Um, yeah, I'm going there for like a month, uh, first time. I definitely have to see Cape Town too, because I'm hearing from everybody that Cape Town is just exceptionally beautiful. It's really beautiful. Right. I feel like seeing those two cities gives you a good overview, because right. they are very different. Like, in general... Um, in a crude way mm. Johannesburg is blacker yeah in that you see more black people in the the whole strata of society so you go into mm. a nice restaurant mm. there'll be black and white people mm. or mainly black people it kind of feels like okay this is an African city whereas right. in Cape Town obviously there are black people but you can right. go to nice restaurants and like um, and just see all all white people okay. and it's a different kind of kind of vibe so what is that about? Do you know why there's more white people um, in Cape Town? I don't It's not more white people. It's kind of where people, like, the demographic of the spaces, the public oh, spaces. Oh, I understand. Um, the, the, it's a class thing. It's a, it feels like the, the legacy, obviously, of apartheid meant mm. that the spaces that people go mm. to haven't necessarily been democratised as much in Cape Town. Right. So, you know, it's like, because of the power of the pounds... I'm like going to Cape Town and I'm like, well, I can just eat good. Yeah. I can just go, I can just look in, like, see, okay, what's the best restaurant? Yes. Like, cool, I'm going there. You I'm bowling in Cape Town. It's going to be like my Nando's price, so I'm just yeah. getting like a, you know, four or five star meal. Mm. And I'm like, I'll go there mm. and it'll be all white people. And it's, right. it's fine, but it's like, it's, it feels like it's not a, re- well, it's not a reflection of the demographic of the society. I understand. Um, and, that was happening a lot of times throughout the four years I've been going there. Mm. Uh, it's something that I've kind of noticed and thought, you know, thought about a bit. But when you go to Johannesburg, all of a sudden you're like, okay, cool. Here is just like a society that is mixed. Right. It is kind of more, it appears more mixed on the outside. I watched it, um, uh, Michael K. Williams, Omar from The Wire, uh, has a, like a, I think, five or six part documentary series um, called Black Market. Mm. and um, one of the episodes he was in Cape Town and he was in uh, a fishing area 
um, where basically people, uh, you know, gen- many generations of, of fishermen. Yeah. And um, it was just really kind of exploring, like, the fact that they, the fishermen are, are, are fishing for a particular type of seafood. I cannot remember the name, but it's very, um, in like Asian restaurants and that, it's very expensive. But they're not, it's illegal for them to fish. Yeah, yeah. And for them to go through the paperwork and the process of being able to do that when some of them don't have the education to be able to get through all of these yeah. all of this red tape Bureaucracy. you understand yeah. they don't have the finances and so they're literally like you know when you get the coastal areas the people that have lived here for you know five six generations and they're having to move further and further back away from the coast because now the coast becomes yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah, that becomes yeah. the villas and the apartments yeah it's the same in um i grew up in barbados mm. and it's a similar thing where you know you get you know you've got the sea and the sea is like mm. the heart of the island people go to the sea you know right. but then obviously seafront property is mm-hmm. that's like the big market so you get kind of really rich people just building lots and lots of villas mm. all around the sea and then it's that thing where it's still a public space in theory mm. but then it it kind of feels like but it's not necessarily going to be a public space because mm. if there's certain hotels in places like jamaica where where they build a hotel that part of the the sea yeah not the sea but you know what i'm saying but yeah, the, beach. The, the beach yeah right it's this you understand yeah. so it's different in barbados so mm. or at least it was when i was living there where mm. basically the government has said in in the law mm. you can't own the beach right the beach is public right so you could own all the land going up to the beach mm-hmm. um, but you can't own that so what people were doing is basically buying up all the beachfront area and blocking all the public passageways to the beach really? so then there's a big outcry and then the government the said you bastard. can't you can't block public access to the beach mm. you need to like people mm. need to be able to just go there off the street right um and i think it's yeah it's just one of those things mm. um maybe it's to do with the fact that the barbadian economy is better than the jamaican economy okay so the government like can tourism, do that. okay yeah. but i mean if the jamaican economy is pretty bad it needs those tourists and it needs yeah, yeah. those big hotel business it needs right. to keep them keep them comfy Whereas I guess mm-hmm. the Barbadian government might have a bit more leverage in terms of saying, you know what, no, you can't right. just take our beaches just because you've got loads of money. So you grew up in Barbados. I didn't know that until we had a, a little conversation um, a couple of days ago about like your early food memories yeah, and that. Yeah. I had no idea you grew up in Barbados. Yeah. I'd only thought a minute. Yeah, it's because I don't have an accent. No! <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Uh, and I thought about that. I think it's because I was born in England and then I moved to Barbados at six. I see. And then came back at 16. Okay. So I think it's like you get a kind of accent around that mm. kind of time. And then it slowly switches into Barbadian over like, I guess, a period of a right. certain amount of years. Right. And then when you come back to England, it feels like something in your head activates and you switch back into that accent. Right. That you... Since when you get mad, you do you have a Barbadian accent? Barbadian no, no. accent? I don't really get mad. Passionate. Don't get passionate. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mild-tempered dude. You are the very mild-tempered dude. A very mild-tempered dude. Um, you know, when we were talking, you mentioned um, one of your early food memories. You mentioned mac and cheese, and I was so thrown. I was just not expecting you to say that. Yeah. Barbadians love macaroni cheese. What? Like, that's what we eat. Like, yeah. every Sunday... Mm. You go to my family's house mm. in the Eagle Hall, they'll be eating macaroni pie and cheese. If mm. you go to a food macaroni vendors, pie. Macaroni pie. Yeah, yeah, which is different to the. Uh, there's a kind of wet macaroni cheese. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think yeah. in Jamaica as well, it's actually a pie. It's kind of. It's a yeah, thing. it's more of a solid kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a bit moist, but it's not kind of like drippy. Mm. You don't, uh, don't need drippy. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you go to like food stalls by the taxi rank vendors, right. macaroni pie. I've never seen that before. You go before. to a fancy hotel restaurant, macaroni pie. Really? People love macaroni pie. That's and so other t- things as well, but yeah. it's going to be macaroni. If, like what? That's like the jerk chicken of Barbados, yeah? Yeah, and jerk chicken as well. Oh, you want a jerk chicken? Yeah, I mean, they've still got the other stuff it's, like rice yeah, and yeah. peas and jerk chicken yeah, and yeah. Da, 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 da. But macaroni pie will be there. If it's right. not, people are just like, what? I, t- I had no idea you can just roll up on the side of the road and get some mac and cheese. I think yeah. that's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah. It's terrible for vegans, but it's awesome for us. Yeah, but we don't really do veganism that much. I know, but you told me. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like so what, do you have any uh, food, like, you know, intolerances or any kind of dietary crimes? I was like, nope. No. What did you say? Just don't give me... Um, um, truffle oil. Truffle oil, no, right. Man, that was it. Just don't give me truffle oil. <laughs> what did you say? It's Babylon. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of Babylon, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Because, like, why would you even come... Yeah, it's Babylon. Come on, man. Yeah, it's not so like truffle oil. And every I've time I've heard... Babylon. Like, I've only seen truffle oil in institutions that yes. I associate with ripping the heart out of a, absolutely out of a certain area. Absolutely. I'm going to put it out there. there. Have you had truffles? No. Me neither. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? We have... Um, because that it was like the first thing you said, the mac and cheese. So I was like, okay, I've got to do some mac and cheese for you. So uh, we're going to have mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. We've got some sticky ribs, beef nice. short ribs, yeah. and a kale and avocado salad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The weird thing is, actually, uh, you said about the, about the intolerances. Yes. Uh, and I was reading a while ago mm-hmm. about the fact that a lot of black and Asian people have lactose intolerance. Yeah. And um, I think I've got a bit of lactose intolerance. It's, but I think we do. Yeah. I, I think we do. But do you know what? Mac and cheese is too good. This is what I was going to say. This is what I was going to say. There were some things that you have to just work around. Yeah. It's like, you know I'll I mean? be that sniffly guy. Yeah. It's my personality, just fully cheese. We're all family here. Yeah. Okay. Got my tissues and ready to go. Shabaka, my homie, let us eat. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to get it started. I'm going to get it going. You're welcome to help me if you'd like to help yeah. me make the salad. Alright? Oh, look at Adam. Yes, Richard. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Shabaka. Hey. We have been nourished. Well nourished. It was good. Oh man, it was crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> I'm not gonna act like I didn't cook that. <coughs> that shit was good. Man, yeah, I wish I could cook like that, but man. You I mean, was that... doing you was doing all right, you did the salad pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've got I've got my moments in the kitchen. But I mean, they're just not moments like that. My eyes are just half shut right now. What do you like to cook? My words. Um, I can cook a pretty mean bolognese. Mm. Um, mm. It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. Mm. You know, I've got little tricks like the kind of um, half tablespoon of Marmite. And, right. Uh, That's good in there because yeah. it's also like the salt as well. Yeah. Sometimes maybe a little bit of dark chocolate. Yes, Bridget. Yeah, you're in, you know. Yes, Bridget. Obviously, you've got to have the red wine. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, in there. Make a good chicken curry as well. Okay. Uh, Chicken curry or curry chicken? Chicken curry. See? That means coconut milk. Curry chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I've got uh, a spinach butternut squash doll that I do. Mm. It's pretty good. 
Hold on, you can cook, Bridget. No, I can, yeah, I can cook. Yeah, you can. I'm good at following instructions, so okay. I'm not good at freestyling. If I've okay. got a bunch of ingredients, I can't be something. But if I've got a menu right. that I know works, I can I can make it and it'll be literally exactly out the tin. Like, right. You know. And if you lock something down, you've got it. Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. Yeah. I can follow instructions, basically. I mean, music is kind of like that. Yeah, you need to have that temperament. Right. Until you get to a certain stage and then mm. you can be free. But mm. that thing of like, you just do that thing and trust that it'll work. Right. Yeah. And that's, it means it's so important, our early influences. Yeah. It's literally the, the, the stepping stone. But listen, we got, we're got we moving. I want to ask you, now that we've eaten mm-hmm. and we have been fueled for the rest of the evening, what else fuels you? Mm. I was thinking about this, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's weird. I can't say, like, a specific thing. Okay. Because, like, different things feel... Like, if you consider music to basically be... A reflection of like or a way of you articulating bits of yourself right well, not from bits of yourself that sounds a bit kind of like sentimental or you're just articulating the way you see sound and the place you think sound should have in yours and other people's lives right you're articulating that to people and to yourself right you're just like expressing that mm. um so it's basically coming from from you and your experiences. Mm. The way you see yourself and your experiences changes with your perception. Right. And that and that changes over time. Right. So the influences and things that feed you can't be the same. Right. Because you're not you're never the same person. Right. You know, you wake up one day, you well, I don't know I'm a Gemini, maybe it's just me. Yeah. <laughs> but you wake up one day and it's like you you're going about life for a certain thing. Mm. And then it might be that the next week your head is in a different space. Right. You need different things. So So does that mean exploration fuels you? I think so. You know yeah. What I'm saying? Like, yeah. For me it's just like things that wake you up, that make you excited. Oh um, your highest excitement. My highest excitement. Yeah. Have you heard of that phrase? Mm. It's um uh, a guy called Bashar Bashar uh YouTube. <laughs> um and uh, Bashar is is the entity that's been channeled through this guy, okay. um, uh, the, the higher intelligence, yeah. and um, it speaks on your highest excitement and moving mm-hmm. towards your highest excitement, and that being the that being your ultimate destiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely see that. Mm-hmm. The thing is, yeah, like I feel like when you're a child, you get excited by things because mm-hmm. you, you're. Or even, not even just a child, but when you're growing up because you're seeing things and experiencing um, situations for the first time. So even, like, I don't mean excite, exciting as in you find it pleasurable necessarily, but it triggers something in you that makes you not lethargic. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. More like that. Uh, I, I have your attention. Yeah. Whereas the older you get, you kind of, you can imagine most end results of more scenarios yes so things don't really throw you out yes and it even goes to the stage unless you go out and seek that yeah to the stage of like um, if something is even like that strange and outside of what you thought was happening you make excuses Mm. and the classic thing is Mm. like obviously all the stuff that's happening in America with Mm. police killing Mm. or with the documenting of police killing black people Uh, and it kind of feels like middle America uh, mm. middle white America just wasn't maybe they were aware but they, they the, the way the system in terms of the media mm. and society at large was set up it's mm. set up in a way to make people not believe that that's a part of the reality right. for anyone right. so the country is free is fair it's just mm. um, and that's the, the image people have in their mind mm. so when something happens so like someone has a video of police basically executing black guys on the street mm. when that gets shown to you the mm. first impulse um, is to go well I guess for middle America that's been fed one narrative for such a long time right. the first impulse is to go well, no, let's try to find another reason for right. that happening because this is so outside what I knew of America right. and the role of the police. Right. I can't and won't allow myself to believe that that's the truth, right. that these but people are actually I mean, it's, doing that's that. That's privilege, right? Yeah it's, a pri- yeah, it's privilege, but it's also just a way of like, 
going, I'm not going to allow myself to think that this is possible in a country that I've been told is something yeah. else. Yeah. You know? It's completely shattering. I can imagine it being just like, do you know, like if you ever, like, you know, watch a documentary or something about, um, I don't know, my dad was a serial killer. Oh, yeah. Or so, do you know what I mean? Something yeah. like that. And I, I've seen, you know, there's times when I've watched it and I thought, imagine, like, the person you know Mm. And and you have seen every day, and then you get this information <laughs> that just complete like this cannot possibly be true. Yeah, I mean we do it to be honest. Parents do it with children to a certain extent. Yeah. I know that I have. <laughs> there have been things that are brought to my mum and be like, oh no no no, and I'll be like, oh, <laughs> we should talk about that. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's like we we it happens. Mm. We have an idea, and it gets shattered. But, you know, how you deal with that is, is the thing. And I think us being, oh, I hate to say oppressed. I really don't want to say that, you know. Yeah, not you mean. Do you know but what I mean? Us being, us, us coming from the legacy of oppression. Oh, that's it. That's what, that's what yeah. it is. Um, makes it easier to be able to deal with the, the shattering of the glass. Yeah. Just for yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, the thing is, you can see the glass being shattered because you knew that even if it's not affecting you directly, so right. a lot of black people don't experience racism, but they what? don't, like some black people don't experience direct racism. What do, what's direct racism? Like someone going, you are a nigger, ah, or someone going, okay. get up, you know, like direct kind of, but all black people, um, unless they're very privileged, mm. know that it could happen to them at any point. Right. That's the thing. And but do you think what black people... I mean, okay, let's talk about Black Britain. Yeah. Are there people in Black Britain that, that don't experience what you're saying, direct racism? Mm, I find it hard to believe. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I, I, or I guess when I say direct racism, I mean kind of like very... No, there are some people that just... Just because their life, they just don't. They don't see it. They've not seen it, but that's not to say that they don't know it could happen to them at right. any. And they might live their life in such a way that they don't encounter the situations that that um those things might be you know present. In. Mm. But you, they know it's there, mm. and that's the thing. It's like, have you experienced that in um, the music business? Um, what direct racism? Yeah. Uh, or any type of racism is that has that is that something that you've noticed has 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 bled through your experiences? In my, it's a complicated one. Like in terms of very direct overt racism, mm. Mm, I've not experienced it on a personal level. Mm -hmm. But you can always. But that's the thing. Is like especially in in England, it's not like there are like if you're a black Briton you'll, you'll experience something like you know in terms of being stopped by the cops all the time mm. or um, job opportunities and stuff mm. like that you know this this thing to experience but in terms of the music industry it's more like the institutionalised nature of what racism does to the, the dynamics right. of, of scenes and right. who holds the power right. um, in big kind of you know ways but I'm trying to think you know like a generation above me yeah they experienced direct racism yeah, yeah, and yeah, they've yeah. got lots of stories about yeah. it i mean when i was young i put that was it. i have memories mm. i mean back in the day when i was young like older in particular older white women like used to like push you and shit mm. i don't know <laughs> like growing up growing up in the like 80s early 90s in britain and they'd be like you know what i mean like get out of the way <laughs> do you know what I mean it could be age a part of it yeah. a bit of ageism mixed in there too that's um, the thing it's like like that's direct racism right um, that's like I'm gonna have a I'm gonna be aggressive or right. have a very right. a harsh stance on you because right. of your race I'm gonna let you see it right but there's other there's other ways of of course of, that could right. there's other things to do with racism right that are less kind of like you know like direct Mm. Um, like I was in the car in Birmingham I think my mum was in the supermarket maybe just after I came out so I was like 16 from Barbados mm. I was listening to some jazz mm. and the guy kind of came up to the window he's like it's good that you lot are listening to decent music now oh <laughs> you know. thanks sir uh, okay mm -hmm. oh, listen 
I mean, it's decent music. Hmm. <laughs> Yo, I want to ask you about your um, Mercury experience. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I really do. You're the, um, it's kind of, for me, it's the first person that I know that has shared in that experience. So I'm interested to find out what that was like for you. It was interesting. Um, I kind of feel like because of my personality, right. I kind of become numb to situations very easily. Okay. And I can kind and of it's like, intense. It's very intense. Yeah. And I feel like the only way to kind of deal with it is to in some way shut off from actually what's yeah. happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the same thing too, You're doing too, it, right? but you're just kind of like... Yeah. You know, like it's when you look back, it's a haze. And you just, you're, you're like drifting straight and you're yeah. doing all the interviews and yeah. people coming up to you like, oh, you're great, you're mm-hmm. this, you're that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey... I do what I do. Right. You're choosing to acknowledge it now because right. of factors beyond my control. Mm. I acknowledge it and I, I'm grateful for it, but mm. I'm still going to just do what I do when the cameras are gone on to the next dude. Right. <laughs> you know? And that, I guess that's the thing that separates musicians from right. people that operate within the music industry. Mm. Because when musicians are like, okay, when the cameras are gone, I'm still a musician. musician. I'm still yeah. going to be on the grind. Right. If they're here, that's cool. Mm. If they're not, I'm still going to be doing music. Mm. That's what I do. Mm. You know, I might be rich out of it, I might be poor out of it. Mm. Like, Is that how you feel about the um, best of the 12 albums of the year? Um, is that how you feel about that uh, award? Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's a way of, I guess, getting the general public that might not, that might have a certain image of your music or right. you actually give it a chance. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because they might be like, oh, I don't like hip-hop or I don't like jazz yeah. because I heard something and I, you know, thought I didn't like it five years ago yeah. and I'm not going to listen to it ever again. Yeah. I've got, you know, better things to do. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they're like, okay, if the media is telling me that this is one of the best albums, yeah, I'll give it a shot. It and then I might go, right. okay, cool, this is what I thought it was. Right. So it's got its purpose in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And generally all the artists that make the albums, are, you know, they, they're great artists. Right. Yeah. Do you know, I, heard, I don't know, I wish I remember where this quote was from, but um, if you listen to any album, you would hear the great things about it. If you want to hear them. You know, that's true, isn't it? If you go in as a hater. <laughs> that's true. But if you actually live with it. But if I, you live with it. If you live with it, you're going to have to like something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, I mean, it's just a person. That's a thing. It's a person, an album? Yeah, it's just That's like, interesting. I never, I never thought of that before. It's just a, like when people talk about like gangster <laughs> rap or um, like a guy asked me a question uh, on this Facebook thing I did, tell me Shabaka. And he was like, you know, what do you think about the nihilistic kind of... Um, that's so popular. Pro- ...type of rap that's just like rap yeah. about nothing. It's basically just yeah, yeah, yeah. being what... Being the personification of what Middle America thought a nigger was. Oh. It's like embodying that and projecting it as, yes, I am a nigger. And that kind of rap. Mm-hmm. I'm everything that you were afraid your daughter was going to meet. Is that not gang? Is that is that gangster rap? Or um, is it? N- no, that kind of, not gangster rap, okay. but the kind of like rich homie Kwan, that uh. kind of like, they're not really rappers. They kind of, all they talk about is getting fucked. Yeah. And being... In all many different type of ways. Yeah. And just being um, uber-capitalist-minded, yeah. kind of money-centred, yeah. kind of... The American dream. Yeah. They just, like, they want to have fun. Mm. And I'm like, for me, that's just... That's who those people are. Mm. I might not necessarily want to listen to... Buy the album listen to it, but I'm like, this guy is like this for a purpose because mm. he grew up in the environment that Absolutely. says, this is either what's going to make you the money that you don't right. have to be hustling on the block right. or this is this is the best that you can aspire to be right. and if you've gone here then cool you better enjoy it and I mean that's Kanye yeah. all day personified yeah yeah I am exactly what you've bred me to be yeah and it's, <laughs> it's like you can't complain about like for me it's like you know the music is literally just people and people don't just exist on their on their own right. they're like crafted into the people that they are by the environment for Mm -hmm. better or worse yo I saw you do um, you posted a clip I think I think you yourself or someone posted a clip on Facebook you're doing circular breathing Mm. 
please tell me more about that because from what it looked like and from my very basic understanding of it you were exhaling yeah while inhaling while inhaling right? <laughs> i was like please help me because i'm not <clears throat> Excuse me. He's actually going to post a longer clip because normally when I do it, that was a, just a short thing. And normally when I do it, I'll do it for like, try to do it for like 10, 15 minutes. What is it actually? How, um, how do you do that? What is um, that? Technically, all it is is like, obviously you blow from your lungs and that's right. what creates the sound. Right. You can't breathe in while you blow out. Right. So while you're blowing out through your lungs, you basically relax your cheeks. So air naturally fills into your cheeks. And then you take a... You basically blow through your cheeks, and as you take that breath out through your cheeks, you breathe in through your nose quickly. What the like some beaver? Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it gets into the thing, so you need to just like exhale everything right. from your lungs. And as soon as it gets to the last point, then you like then you fill take your in cheeks what's up. Left from your cheeks. Yeah, you kind of just blow out through your cheeks, and as you do that, you breathe in quickly through your nose, wow. and it kind of goes in. The problem is if you don't breathe out everything from your lungs, it turns to carbon dioxide. Right. You get that feeling of just like um, that feeling of tension where you're just like full of like still there. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just like you can get into a rhythm of it. Mm. Um, so like, and just yeah, you get into. Kind of I like, wouldn't shy, but I'm smoking right now. I'm just like I'm <laughs> faint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a thing that I've been experimented with for a long time like, since mm. I started it's kind of like I heard of the principle of it and then you try out something and then like now I can kind of do it like you just get used to that way of Where? operating your body does that help with performing um yeah if I want to keep playing right you just keep yeah. right some mad just, like, just gonna keep, just keep just hold keep out playing. the line yeah. like people people are fainting watching you it's like, <laughs> like going <laughs> Yo, I saw you performing um, with two drummers, which is already trying to send me into the fourth dimension or the fifth, uh, and yourself and the tuba player. Yeah. Um, honestly, that's the first time I have ever seen a tuba. Mm. It's not Much as a black man playing it. it. Yeah. I lost my shit. I swear I was in the... I was like this, hands up, like, yes, oh, yeah. take me where we're going. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, it just makes sense. The tuba, it's just like, it's a big piece of metal. It is. That's it's beautiful. <laughs> the way that it's constructed. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's huge as well. Yeah, it's massive. Mm. You just got like... Because I was thinking, is he small or is the tuba really big? Um, I think a bit both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hold time, my brother. Yeah, he might not want to hear that. Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the tuba, man, is... It's power. It's just like more power. It, yeah, it is. It is. So, what is the sound in between? Like, because uh, uh, it's not quite sax, but it's it's lower than the trumpet. And yeah, lower is, yeah. might be a very ignorant way of explaining that. Yeah, it's just lower. It's just a lower, mm -hmm. like your basic note, the highest note you get on the tuba Where? in the normal range Where? is just low. Okay. Basically, so it's it's a bass instrument, mm. but then it's a bass instrument. But then, if you get really good, you can play really high. Mm. So then, it can still be like a melody instrument. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I like the thing of like people seeing a man working on stage. Yes. Because you know I mean? some people approach music, and it's like they just that play like normal the music. to see men like are kind of for like that's men, most men. of the case. Mm. It's like. Sometimes you see when musicians you and they, they, they're just kind of like, they're playing the music. Right. And they're like, they're putting their fingers down and getting it right. I'm mm. playing with emotion and it's all cool. Mm. But you, they kind of finish the gig and you kind of think, that was cool and it was like, well done. But it didn't really go in. What's going in? Going in is like, for me, when you basically like, it's like 100% right. more what wants it. Like to the point, it's like 100%. And you're at maximum, and then you're like, actually, I'm gonna have to expand this glass. Right. And you like break through that thing of what yeah. you thought the most, like the biggest thing that you could do with. So like, right. you think, okay, this tune, I'm gonna go so hard, like I'm gonna like. Are you physically? Physically, right. emotionally, right. I'm just gonna like commit and right. just like be in the zone, like in the zone as in like nothing else is occupying my mind right, right now, right, right, other than right. me doing this thing, right. like. 
hard. That's that's spiritual. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like that's step one. Mm. So the in the zone is like when you do that, and then the next track you're like, I've got to get it more, mm. and you're like, there's nothing left, and you're like, but nah, man. There's always how, left. how often does that happen for you when you're playing? Um, I try to make it every gig. Right. And that's like a constant. You got to work for that. Yeah, you yeah. got to work for it. Yeah. And it's hard because, like, if generally it's fine, but if you've got like things, if anything is wrong, that takes you out of it. So, yeah. like, if the monitors aren't right yeah. or the sound isn't right, yeah. then you're thinking about the sound or mm. signaling to the sound guy to turn mm. up the bass or turn you down. Or, mm. So then you can't get into stones, impossible. Mm-hmm. But when the conditions are right, mm. you know, and you're like maybe rested, maybe even not rested, mm. it just means you can basically concentrate on going hard. Right. And then going harder and harder. Right. And harder doesn't necessarily mean like more aggressive or louder. Right. Um, but it just means like committing, some, yeah, emotionally committing. Somewhat um, outside of this just three-dimensional experience. Hmm. I, I'm, I, I, I feel like I uh, believe it more than maybe I can explain it. But like I saw... Uh, I saw Lauren Hill performing, I think, last year, mm. and she performed for, like, two hours. Mm. And it wasn't until, like, maybe the last 15 minutes, and she was doing some Bob Marley covers. Yeah. And, Bridget, for about, I'll say about eight minutes, she was not, she was no longer in this room. Mm. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I think that, no, no, that's no. the place, right? Yeah. Like, you can see it, you're not... None of this stage and yeah, yeah. audience, none of that's there anymore. Oh, yeah. You know it when it's happened. Yeah. That's the thing, it's like, it's trance. Yeah. And people don't really like to talk about it. Like, no one really talks about it. But at the end of the day, trance is a real thing. Yes. And you can go into a trance and essentially communicate is a weird way of saying it because it's mm. not communication in like a kind of verbal communication, like human to human communication. Mm. It's just like, you're in a place where all the considerations that we have as humans interacting, mm-hmm. trying to express ideas, that's mm-hmm. it's not that zone yeah. of expressing, articulating an idea of language to you. Yeah. It's a zone of like like telekinetic kind yes. of vibe. It's like yes, like your vibe change on a metaphysical like, level. Yeah, it's like is. a different it's a different format. It's like Yes. It's like yeah, you're not trying to tell someone an idea or mm-hmm. even a story. It's like you are the story. Yeah. And you're like transmitting everything about Ooh, the, the power. If I was of religious, I say that's God. Yeah, that's you can say that's that. the God particle. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember one time I did a show in um, I think I can't remember. It's like Belgium or something festival, and we're on our way there, and it, it, it the whole journey was very difficult. Uh, we got you know you're going through the um, Euro tunnel. Yeah. And we're you know as normal going through Euro tunnel, and then. Uh, it breaks, which is like, this is the worst thing that could happen right now. What's, you know, we need some explanation of that. I'm sorry. Uh, we've had to, we've had to, we've had to stop this. Some, and, you know, the, the other train in front for whatever reason. And so we're there and it's, you know, we're kind of late. You know how it is when you got, when you're leaving to the, you got a couple hours to get yeah, there. Yeah. You got to do the sound check. You got to do, you got to do loading. You got to do the sound check. Boom, boom, boom. And we get out the other side. And I just start to feel really ill. Um, and I'm actually, I actually puke. So we're on the way, we're late. I now have this after effects of, of that, you know, there's yeah. a stress on the body. We get there, we're so late that I don't have time to like uh, download. I don't really have time to get ready, mm-hmm. put on my makeup. Things are very important yeah. and a ritual base, not necessarily just for, for uh, you know, artificial reasons. Like, this is important for me to have this space. I don't get any of that. Bam, 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 go on stage. Remember now, I've got no energy. Yeah. I'm at, like, uh, uh, ding, ding, ding on the car when it's, like, at the end. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, go to the petrol station now. And, yo, it was the best show I ever had <laughs> in my life. Yeah. I was like, I could, I felt like I could have just backflipped. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't, it, it's, it, I just, having, uh, it was like having nothing to go on yeah. gave me everything. Yeah. 
but that that's the space I try to get into because right. I've got a theory about it as well. Tell me. And basically, it's like you need to be able to like to be open to receiving mm. like a, t- uh, a gateway to going somewhere else in right. terms of like how you're perceiving your environments mm. and what you're doing. Mm. You need and your thoughts about trying to get to that gateway or real life like you're just general you know like what happens when you're not on the stage mm. all of that stuff mm. is a barrier right you know even you trying to get through the gateway is a barrier because yeah. it's kind of bringing like a human element yeah and i feel it. like you can't be polite about yeah. it when you get there you can't you just got to kick yeah. up the door waving the four four yeah you just need to be open to mm. just like it being a thing mm. and it'll sort itself out mm. um open empty of all the stuff that all the other shit you just mm. need to be like there's nothing mm. you know apart from the music that's going to be the vehicle right so if you're like sick and tired and like you've got no energy mm. you probably go onto the stage just like you know what fuck it i've got nothing mm. like you just go on and you're like mm. And there, you're empty. You're not mm. going on like, I'm going to keep this crowd in. I'm yeah, going to yeah, do a yeah. Show, oh, so you're stripped of your ego. You're stripped of your ego. There's mm. nothing there. It's just like, all, basically, I all just, it could do is I get. I think there. I walked on the stage. Like, I hope I survived this. Yeah, yeah. And you probably just like got to the mic and the music itself took mm. you instead of you trying to take the music. Oh, that's it. Bam. Yeah. That's it. That's the thing. Uh huh. Because trying to do it, like being active and trying to push it into a certain direction, mm-hmm. that's stopping. That's stopping the the switch flip into just like that's so interesting. Like I'm not putting on a show. Mm. I am what you're conducting a ceremony, but that's still putting on a show, though. No, it's not. Like conducting a ceremony isn't a show. Like the audience is basically. Oh, I understand. The the audience is there to witness your ceremony, and you do your rituals before, or you don't. But they're there to just like be a part of the thing that you're choosing to do mm. under bright lights. Mm. Um, they could be there, they could not be there. Mm. Um, and you basically just kind of like do that thing, mm. that magical thing, and mm. they see it. They're mm. like, cool. If you're putting on a show, you're basically creating a product for an audience. Right. And that's a different. Right. I mean, it's an illusion. Yeah. I mean, the ceremony, you're still, like, acknowledging the audience is there because you're allowing them to come in. So it's not like you're completely detached from them. and You mm-hmm. feed off them. It's mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, it's their energy as well that creates Absolutely. the ability for you to go into that place. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Hmm. That's really interesting, you know, because, like what you're saying, I, uh, I kind of want to do that every time. Yeah. I absolutely want to do that every time. Um, I want to do that for my own experience and I want to do that for the audience's experience. And also, um, I don't know, it feels like when you get when you get into that space, it's like, it's not just myself and the band and the audience, but it's also now we have the audience of the spirits. Yeah, the ancestors. You understand? It's backing you up. You know? <laughs> Is that what the name is? That is that what we? Uh, That's one of the things. Yeah, mm. the way I got them, there was a guy that was basically saying. Um, I remember her conversation, and it's like the ancestors are all around us. Yeah, I remember just hearing that, just thinking, what? It's like they're just there. They're like they're informing, like how you view every kind of interaction you go through. That's interesting. And how like, do they do that? Just from from history. Ah, of course. And it's not like that's the thing we're we're taught to separate history from like Mm. the fact of history Mm. having happened Mm. from anything that's tangible. Mm. But like the energy that something is created, it kind of remains. Absolutely. Like, you know, and that's a part of like some people can tap into that though then like so like say slavery, for instance. That period of time Mm. created a certain energy that hasn't gone away. It lives within our DNA. Yeah, and even deeper than that, it's just like, it's there, it's around. Oh, I understand. And it feels like certain, like if you're a direct part of that legacy, you can tap into that energy stream Mm. and feel it's like, have your perception be informed by that energy. And and is that what happens when we see another video? Yeah, so it kind of resonates in a different way because we are in tune with the fact that these things are mm. part of a, you know, a part of a, a cycle that's still going on. Right. And other people can tune into that energy as well. Right. It's not, like, necessarily a black thing. Right. 
um, exclusively. Until you're able to yeah. be. And that's the thing we're trying to get other people in tune to the yeah. fact that these things are a reality. Right. In, you know, but some people aren't on that energy level. Mm. Yeah. I watched something. Um, do you know right now, I don't know if you like, I don't know. Do you believe, do you know about the Mayan calendar? Yeah, not a not a lot, but I know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. No one really knows a lot about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, we have, we have some information and some tidbits of information, but like, two thousand and twelve being like mm. the end of the world and blah, blah blah. Obviously, well, I don't think that happened, but apparently we're kind of you know in between then and now we're having this kind of shift and certain veils are lifting, mm. and I, I think it's it, within music right now. This is one of my favourite years in music, this year and last year mm. as well. There's been some ins- insanely good music from places that you just wouldn't expect. Yeah. That's just completely bro- broken the... the uh, this is broken the norm. Yeah, I know what you mean. It feels like there was a big... There was a period within our generation... Yeah. ...where music kind of sunk a bit. Like, mm-hmm. the industry started... Mm-hmm. The industry realised the capital that is music... Right. And they kind of like choke holding it for is, a second, and then some people just like, see, you know what now? Right. So is that to do with uh, labels and, and downloading? L- labels and, and downloading, and oh, wonderful. he made a lot of money from this, right. so you might want to sing or rap in this style right. because you know, um, and oh, we're only going to basically give you these opportunities if you have this subject matter, and people mm. going, well, I want to get big too, so I'll mm. just kind of rap in this way. I'll have mm. these kind of beats. You know, and then it feels like after a certain amount of time, people are just like, actually, no one's making any money anyway. So right, I you might as well do what I want. I mean, does has that affected you as a jazz musician? Does that feel like? Mm, yeah, because I mean, like for for a long time, jazz was seen as like a music that's not cool, mm. and in some ways, it wasn't cool. Mm. It was jazz, and mm. it was like really good jazz. Mm. It wasn't cool, mm. um, and the jazz musicians that was their kind of like. That's what they were aspiring to do to kind of live within the legacy of that American music, and they did it really well, and it was like all great. But then it kind of feels like there was a shift at some point where people, or young people, were like, "I'm going to learn about this music, mm. and I appreciate mm. everything that's it's come you. from." Thank you, Kendrick. Thank yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I've still got like a story that's mm. outside of this. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like. You know, I'm listening, I grew up listening to Tupac mm-hmm. and to Capleton and Anthony B mm-hmm. and all these guys. So it's like, I the want that needs to come Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that needs to come through as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and not, you know, you're not afraid to just be like, actually, you know, this is who I am. Wait. I can't remember how that led on from the last question, but... <laughs> We've been musing. Yeah. We've been musing. Yo, Shabaka... It's been good to muse with you, my brother. Yeah. Um, I hope you've eaten well. Oh, man. I'm still feeling the, the repercussions. <laughs> Urban fatigue. Sitting back in my seat. Yo, it was really good to muse with you. You really sparked something in my mind in, in terms of uh, performances. And not just performances. That's like, ah, that's level one. But in terms of tapping into... Oh, because what is it? I was just, I got, I got, yeah. oh, I had, there was a massive wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what is, you know, uh, how we can consciously train ourselves to um, push outside of our uh, basic physical experience um, mm. so that we can share something more and experience something more. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, one of the keys as well is like, like like you were saying, like doing it every time. Yes. So it's not like maybe yes. there's gonna be a good night or bad night. It's like Yes. Music for you is doing that thing. Mm. It's not separate. Just playing music or having a good gig. It's like if you're in that space, that's the space to go into that space. <laughs> I mean that's the practice with yeah. all things. It's like putting in the ten thousand hours. Once you've learned the instrument, now you've got to learn how to Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do with it? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know King Loss? Yes. Rapper. Yes. So him, for me, is one of the people that every time I've seen him on YouTube perform, mm. he goes into that space from really? the beginning. Really? Like, he's the only one of the only guys that I've not seen a video where he's just not been in it. Right. You know, and he's freestyling as well, and that's probably what kind of... Yeah, yeah, you yeah. you kind yeah, of got to yeah. be kind of empty to yeah, do that yeah, kind of freestyle absolutely. in terms of association. But yeah. it, it just feels like whenever I see him, it's just like he goes in. 
what's that guy? Um, the guy that did that, he's got an album called Lasers. But this guy, basically he's another guy where he's got a sway in the morning. Um, one of those um, freestyles, Five Fingers oh, of five Death. Five Fingers, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he just goes in. Yeah. And he's not known for doing that kind of rap. Yeah. So you see him, you're like, okay, it's just going to be like, you know, saying a little, you know, something. Are you Googling latest rap album? Latest rap album. Oh, okay. <laughs> you play Fiasco. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, normally you don't really associate him with, like, freestyling no. or going in, mm. you know, like... Obviously, he goes what? in. So not going in, but like going in as in like as a, as a in, lyricist. As a lyricist, in. not going in terms of like going in, not like his skill, but oh, going I into understand. the vibe, like just like losing his like no. losing his thing. Like no. this. He, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't really rap that tapped in emotionally. Yeah, but in this freestyle, it's just like I guess it's the thing with freestyling. It's like actually freestyling. You're so concentrated. It's like making jokes and. Big statements, yeah. But are you not well versed on freestyling as a musician? I feel like mm. more so even as a rapper, I feel like a lot of the time I'm I'm with pen and paper or I'm with my phone and my you know what I mean, mm. with uh, um and jotting it down. Um although I do freestyle but I feel like as a musician it's mm. or am I just like not seeing the relationship between the two because I guess if I go to write a rhyme and it, it comes out as a freestyle first in yeah, my mind yeah. and then it's up to me well, yeah, to, everything is free- to note it down or not. Yeah. But I mean for me like composition is essentially freestyle and, and editing. Yes. It's like you freestyle to get the ideas out. Yeah. But then you might kind of look at it again and go, actually maybe I want this yeah. short or this long or this type yeah. more prominent. And it's like architecting right. the freestyle. So right. it's the best it can be. Mm. Whereas I guess freestyle, freestyle, and it's just like, it just comes out. Tell me if you had this experience, right, where you, for me, I'm writing something, and I start writing, and I just go into this kind of blacked out stage where, how do I explain this? Like, it's like I'm no longer just here writing these words and I'm not necessarily even conscious of, of what the words I'm writing. My hand is just moving. Yeah. And then I get to a certain point where I, what gets me out of it mm. is where I say, write something and then I think about how that would sound. Okay, yeah, And yeah. as soon as I have a clip, like a light switch, yeah, I'm yeah. back. That's what I mean, because that's, that's like an everyday concern. Right. That's like a real right. world concern. Right. How's it going to sound? Uh-huh. Yeah the ego, how people are going to receive it. Mm-hmm. The, but, like, if it's just you and the music, right. that's, there's basically, it's a two-man car. Mm-hmm. There's only two, it's a two-seater convertible. There's no space for any back, backseat, you know, no. backseat drivers. They can't just be, like, um, yesterday or tomorrow in there. Excuse my ignorance, but who's that, who's in the passenger seat? Um, you and the music. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So that's the thing. There's only those two. Yeah. <laughs> Right. But like expectations and like for audience or the industry or yeah. how you sound at that moment on stage, right. I can't be there. No. Basically, do you? Yeah. Ultimately. Basically. That's always that. What what Nina Simone was talking about when she was talking about what no, um, no fear is. Yeah. Freedom yeah. is. Excuse me. What freedom is? Yeah. And that's yeah. no fear. No fear. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, it can be scary to do you because you might not be comfortable with what you are. Right. If you know what I mean? It's like, you can't, fa- like, when you do, you can't fake it. You can't go, actually, I'd like to be. Right. It's just like, where right. are you? Right. You know? And it's sometimes pretty ugly. Yo, that's the work. That's <laughs> yeah. actually the work. Yeah. The mechanics of whatever you are, if you're a rapper, the mechanics of the cadence, the, the um, uh, you know, similes, metaphors of your musician, the, the, the yeah. logistics of how to use your instruments. There's that work and there's also the work of, okay, well now, what am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Yeah, what's the purpose of it? Right. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, it's basically going like, what is the ceremony for? What's it's the like, ceremony for? Yeah, you established you're doing a ceremony. What do the ancestors? What do the ancestors want? Yeah. What? Yeah. What's? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, has it been in vain, or yeah. is it supposed to be? You know, has their lives supposed to be for a purpose in my life? Yeah. Do you feel like you know when that you know the answer to that? No. Nah. Mm. 
that's the thing. It's like it's not an answer. Mm-hmm. It's just like you either know it or you don't. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like a knowing. Mm-hmm. It's not like a because the thing is with like if you dissect it, the thing is with answers is that mm-hmm. answers are there to be debated. Right. And it's not a matter of debating mm-hmm. like the purpose of ancestors. Mm-hmm. It's just like it just is a thing. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get it or you don't. There's right. no like there's no logic in it. Right. There's no like. I'm going to tell you an answer that can be dissected. Mm. It's just kind of like, this is the thing. Do you know what that sounds like? But it sounds like the, 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 a beautiful answer to the question Nina, Nina Simone asked, what is freedom? Mm. Yeah, yeah not it. Mm. Go, go, go in. <laughs> Yo, Shabaka, cool. my brethren, it's good to be with you. It's been a while, I haven't seen you in a minute. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. For being uh, a guest on the work podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, my brother. Oh, yeah. Aye. And start talking and you just kind of go off. <laughs> you know, I know, right? We're going to continue. We're going to learn. There is more to be right. sipped and, and, and whatnot. So. Oh, yeah, actually, yes. just before I go, yes. one more song, rap song, where mm-hmm. the guy goes in. Mm-hmm. It's not freestyle, like freestyle, freestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, Tupac, mm-hmm. Hellraiser, on Are You Still Down? You know, it's like track four. You see, when I think, oh, you still down, you know what just came to my mind? The song with uh, John B. And that's not what you're talking about. No, that's, that's not that, what you're yeah, talking about. I don't know if I know that song. Like, it pains me to say that. Oh, man, that's the tune. But, like, the last chorus he does, really? the last verse, I mean, last verse, he goes, like, you can, he's, like, basically, he's talking about a girl that got shot by the police. Mm. Um, I hadn't really known, I don't like, he says, like, Latoya, like, um, and like makes reference to her mm. but I don't know the actual case mm. uh, but it might have just been something that happened in this community so mm-hmm. you know go get killed mm. but um, it just feels like as soon as you start talking about that he just loses his shit really? it's just like yeah and you can just hear it and just you can feel the energy of like he's gone right. that's it and funny enough Tupac on the uh, Machiavelli album and he's got a track on there I can't even remember what it was. excuse me Seven Day Theory yeah yeah and he's got uh, he's got a track on it and he loses it to the point where like it sounds like he just throws just knocks over something in yeah, the booth yeah, yeah. do you know what I'm talking about yeah he just knocks some shit over and he's like I'm done yeah I think it's bomb first you know yeah 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 because yeah, he just goes in so hard <laughs> yeah. he just yeah um, Kendrick does that too on the yeah. um, and he just starts coughing yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I can't remember which one it is. Yo. Goes in on collect calls, Kendrick goes mm. in like that. And it's because he's doing it on the high pitched voice mm. as well. So it's just, mm. you know. And then as well, if you smoke as well, that's cutting up your choke. Yeah. I don't know why I want to share this with you, but I really want to tell you that one of my favorite verses in hip hop is Eminem. Uh, I sit back with this pack of zigzag in my hand. And it's oh, yeah, to yeah. give me the shit needed to be the most <laughs> meanest and zillion. I think it's one of the greatest verses ever. Yeah. My Eminem is cold, man. Jeez! My, my Eminem line is the one on Born Again, and he's like, I got a line in my pocket, I'm lying, I got a nine in my pocket, I'm ready, I'm just dying in the pocket. Who ready for? I'm ready for war. I got my shellies of salt for anybody who claimed that it's war. And I'm just like, what is that flow? For real, though. For real, Do you know what though? I read sad about him in Vibe magazine, actually, many years ago? Um... And he was saying when he first started to rap that he struggled with uh, rhythm. Yeah. So he would catch something like the hi-hats yeah. and rap to the hi-hats. Uh, that would keep him steady. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of shows because he has that. It's 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 very like, it's, 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 it's I wouldn't call it offbeat, but it's a real off-kilter flow. Yeah. But he holds it down. No, he's in the pocket. He's in the pocket in, like yeah, a drummer all yeah, the yeah, way yeah, to yeah. the end of the verse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, he's sharp shooting. Yes. Like, da, 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 da. Yes. I mean, that's like... Yeah. Mm. The thing is with that, it's like, that I um, appreciate it with Eminem. Mm. You can tell he practiced. Or for a period yes. of his time, he practiced. Yes. And it feels like a lot of rappers, and I'm ashamed to say it, but a lot of rappers in England, um, yourself what included. But, um, <laughs> um, don't get that thing of like mm. practicing things mm. outside of their comfort zone. Yeah, no, that's so, me. I would say that's me. Hmm. So I'm not just myself, like rapping and me. doing, making a rap that you like, but right? actually practicing something that is difficult. Yeah, that isn't what comes naturally. Oh yeah, and just yeah. Are finding what those things can be and like working on them. 
Because that's what Eminem is like. I'm not good at this rhythm thing. I'm going to like practice it. Why? Like a musician. Why? And then he just gets badass. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's and it. Kendrick said that as well. He, in an interview, he was saying that he had a period of studying mm-hmm. the great rappers. And that's like what a jazz musician do. You just study, like, you say, okay, this month I'm going to study E40. Mm. You know, like just the way he, because he's got a crazy style in terms yeah. of like the pitches yeah. that he uses. Yeah. So like, I'm going to try to rap like like yeah. that or like this week I'm going to study racket. Yeah, but that's supposed to happen though. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Like, that's supposed to happen. And the, 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 mm, let me not say that, but that's, that. I, I feel like that's supposed to happen. Like, for me, Biggie, what I was studying about Biggie was very different to what I was studying about uh, to E40, for example. Yeah, yeah, and you get different lessons from it. Right. And like, by you studying that, yeah. essentially you're taking on the energy of yes. the ancestor. You're taking on the energy of Biggie. He's given you a gift. And his ancestors. And his ancestors, things that he learned from. That's the only way that you get in touch with your ancestors. They're not just going to come to you by magic. You need to, like, in your life, work. Incense alone is not enough. Is Incense is not it's enough. Not <laughs> Incense and caramel tea is not enough. <laughs> you need more crystals. You need more crystals. <laughs> Yo. But, um, last, last thing, though. All right. Because um, cause I was watching an interview with The Game mm. and it's a similar thing where he was saying... Don't get enough ratings for being actually a really good rapper. <laughs> he's a sick rapper. He's and sick. the reason is, he was saying, he got when he got shot, like, however many times, he, was in, he wasn't rapping before that. He was <laughs> just gangbanging. Mm. And he had, like, three weeks he had to spend in hospital recovering mm. and his mm. brother bought him, basically, loads of rap CDs. Mm. And he said, I'm going to get out of the game by being a rapper. I'm mm. just going to study these tips. Mm. And that's what he did. He, like, right. studied. And because people see rappers as kind of like not musicians, right? So if someone says, yeah, that, but that's but that's 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 over time. Mm. That's over time. Like I remember when I was like, I'm not giving away my age here, but when I was falling in love with rap, yeah. you had like uh, Wu Tang, for example, and the idea was by even listening to them, you had. You had the representation of you got to try and be great mm. in terms of your, you know, you you, you listen to Wu-Tang and be like, I need to know more about science. <laughs> I clearly don't know enough, you know what I mean? And, and uh, um, which is not so much the game. It's not the anymore. I know what you mean. But you know what? I just read something really interesting the other day, um, a, a quote by James Baldwin, and I cannot paraphrase right now or ever, but he was saying that, like, jazz, mm. and I don't think he would have made reference to hip-hop, but jazz and soul uh, music was a safe place mm. to um, express the oppression of the outside world and, and how that felt. Yeah. amongst like-minded folk and which became a in like a colloquialism like a slang mm. do you know what I mean like yeah. a, you, you it's like on the slave plantation yeah, and you're yeah. sending messages, sending messages right yeah. and uh, the the uh, the issue is when those safe places are kind of I guess infiltrated yeah. to a certain extent and we t- it compromises yeah. it beautiful word uh, what, what what now we're talking about in terms of cultural uh, appro- appropriation yeah and if you i, I remember seeing uh, after after reading a quote i was with a friend of mine and she said oh so i guess that's what future is now then he's the mm, new yeah. version of that yeah yeah he's the new version of yeah <laughs> you can't get this. you can't you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. no i get that yeah, it's just like, nah, it's not It's not for you. It's you, not. You it can't can... take this and turn it into anything other than what it is. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it's, it's, ah, oh, that's deep. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful because I'd never even considered future being anything mm. like that before. And then it was like, actually, man's talking about the things without, that's basically when you're, you're on the phone and you're trying to do a deal and you're yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know. I am hungry. Can you come and deliver food or? De- <laughs> yeah, what's that? Um, is that in his name or one of his yeah, songs? Murder, it's like murder and something else in his name. Well, I don't know, uh, I don't know, I don't know. But he basically became really big for like one song, and then 
but he was basically being investigated by the police by being a part of this kind of like drug dealing gang. Right. And then he became really famous from this song and he did like this kind of dance mm. um, on it and he kind of like became massive. Boy. And it's that kind of thing of basically the police even, Kim Peel did a skit about it, yeah, 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 where so the police basically <laughs> yeah, yeah, went yeah, in, we've been investigating you for yeah. two years, this yeah. is real life. And yeah. a lot of the references in this song are basically real life. <laughs> we've been investigating you, snitch on yourself. <laughs> they snitch on themselves. Right. But, but, like, um, but that's if they understand. <laughs> it's really, you got to keep them more covert than that, man. <laughs> this is a safe place. It's a safe place to express, you know? Shabaka. Thank you again. <laughs> Yo, it was wicked to music you, Regin. I'm telling you. Um, thank you so much. Alright, peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm